Hello, Tom. Hello, Stuart. Uh, knock, knock. Oh, unexpected. Um, who's there? Sigmund. Sigmund who? Sigmund Cock. I mean, Freud. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is... <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> That is uh, my way of introducing uh, a, 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 an episode of the Studies Show that Sorry. is about. And Tom hadn't heard that joke before. That's his genuine reaction, everyone. That's my way of introducing a Studies Show episode that is about um, psychotherapy. Very good. Uh, we're going to thank you. Thank you. Tom. We're, we're well, going to be talking. Sorry, just to cut cut you off. It's, I mean, I, I, obviously, I knew that something along those lines was yes. coming. Yes. I just like I just thought it was a particularly well delivered. Anyway, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. I can't remember where. I, I can't remember where I first heard that. Like, so. <laughs> anyway, yes. All right. Sorry, um, Carrie. Sorry. It's not Stuart, original Carrie. to me, certainly. No, of course um, not. So, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, psychotherapy and the evidence base and what the studies show for uh, Freudian psychotherapy and also for the more uh, cognitive-based um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, mm. specifically for depression. But, uh, but yeah, welcome to the study show. Uh, my name's Stuart. And I am Tom. Yes, and uh, we should say before we start, please do, if you're not uh, a subscriber to the show, then uh, we'd be very grateful if you went to our substack at uh, thestudyshowpod.com and became a subscriber, and then you get an email every time the show uh, is uh, is published, or whatever you want to call it, and... um, uh, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can tell your friends about it. Uh, these are all uh, great ways to get the get the word out if you're enjoying uh, the studies show. Yes, and you can also become a paid subscriber if you so wish. Uh, also Indeed. at thestudiesshowpod.com. Uh, we will be very grateful. Oh, my God, I just said thestudiesshowpod.com. Freudian. No. <laughs> anyway, carry on. It's, it's a Freudian slip there yes, when you yeah. say one thing but mean a mother. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <Very good. laughs> um, well that's, another, that's another one. Um, yeah, that's okay, good. so as I say, we're going to mainly be talking about depression. We should say that like there might be different evidence for other things, OCD, post-traumatic stress disorder personality disorders like yeah like what what, there might be all sorts of different stuff the the studies we're looking at mainly are about depression and also we should say lots of other forms of therapy are available too i mean obviously uh antidepressants is its own whole topic although we will come back to, to to them um and uh um there's other kinds of therapy as well for like really severe depression there's um, electroshock therapy and the, these, these are whole different discussions which i'd be glad to talk about at some point but at the moment well, um, we're just going to focus on talking therapy um i think two of our r- listeners have asked us to talk about eye tracking therapy what, yes what, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, eye movement desensitization therapy yeah so that's that's a whole that, that's a whole other a whole other thing um yeah. but yeah let's let's focus on the talking therapy um and do you get so do you have the same sort of impression as me which is if if I hadn't done any, if I hadn't read into this at all, yeah. I would kind of think that the Freudian stuff, psychology's kind of moved on from that, all the id and the ego and the superego and all that, yeah. um, and repression and things like that, and yeah. and and that's all kind of gone now. And the, the anal and the genital yeah. and so on phases of <laughs> exactly. development, yeah. the Oedipus complex and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's endless yeah. comedy in yeah. those theories, you know. Um, yeah. But 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 that's all kind of we kind of moved on from that. And CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is the kind of the gold standard everyone says that's the kind of cliche thing to say about cbt um is that your impression as well well yeah yes but by and large my impression is that that freud and jung and so on were basically quacks um and that that all their theory all their theoretical stuff was 
obviously made up or at least heavily made up and that and all, all the theories that are based on it were just sort of about getting people to tell you about your relationship with your mother rather than any way sort of trying to de- help you deal with the with, with the emotion or, or, yes. or, or rather that the cbt by contrast is to, about helping you dig yourself out of problematic patterns of thought and it gives you more practical sort of ways of supporting yeah, but it's people in, who have depression or whatever, because they're sort of actually giving practical practical steps based on some sort of real theory. So yeah, my impression well, was that, definitely yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's very much my that was very much my thought, and I think that's the kind of story that you hear. Like that's the kind mm. of general impression that you get if you look at the you know the NHS or or or, or other. I mean, I'm not actually quoting a specific NHS document, but my general impression is that like CBT is seen as the more practical, like yeah. theoretical based stuff, and we've kind of moved on from Freud. But, but it actually, out- Freud is completely right. You <laughs> are sexually obsessed with your own mother. And- <laughs> I think uh, it's not gone quite that far. But hmm. but I I actually when I read a couple of the studies, so basically we're going to talk about two meta analyses from last year. Yeah. On, on psychotherapy um i had to change my view a little bit uh, i think so uh, or or maybe i did we'll come we'll come to we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll draw some conclusions at the end um but first before we talk about uh the actual meta-analyses and the studies and so on let's talk about what it actually means to do a like a, a randomized controlled trial like a study of a talking therapy like obviously yeah. you can't do a a placebo control can you well i was going to say this is like this is certainly something we discussed back in the drum of the psychedelics episode ages ago but yes. it's something that's often wondered about because your classic really good you know, your your, your, cla- your the ideal in of a of a scientific study or a medical study is you give one lot the treatment and one lot a fake treatment so they don't know they haven't had the treatment and then any sort of strips out the effects of expectation and of, and of yeah. sort of belief and of, of people trying to make to cheer up the experimenter by making them think that their lovely trial is working and all that sort of yes. stuff yes um which obviously you can't do if you're giving someone magic mushrooms because it's very very obvious if you've had magic mushrooms or a sugar pill and it's yes. also very obvious i would imagine in the case of psychotherapy because you just you know you can't say oh like this, the, I'll give you a talking therapy, but it's but pretend it, pretend I'm not or something, or the other yeah. way around. You know, like it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work. I, mean, I suppose you could like leave certain elements out of it that you think are the kind of active ingredient in in what the therapy is is mm. doing. Like you could be really clever about leaving certain elements out, but I think in the real world, it's just that's just really hard to do uh, um, to have that sort of like very precise control, as will as we'll get into mm. so it does it does mean it's it, it's a really bit it, it's, it's really tricky and like as we discussed in the placebo effect episode another previous episode that we've done that's relevant to this discussion it's not that we believe that placebos are like magical or real or like you can magically heal yourself just because you believe it you know mm. we've, we've, we've covered that but as you said a minute ago you still have to control for those expectancies like wanting to cheer up the experimenter or just like just convincing yourself like yeah yeah, you, the like thing the, that's being measured in these depression studies is how like you your feel. subjective yeah. your subjective feelings reported on a questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, you said, "Well, yes, I have had this expensive therapy. Probably, I do feel a bit better. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, the therapist I'll, is very nice. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say I got. I say I now, I've got, I've got six out of ten on my mood instead of five out of ten or four right. out of ten or something. You know, um, and it's just enough to sort of. Just just enough to make you th- to make you think. Yes, perhaps I should tick to a different uh, box on this questionnaire. Yeah, and that's all. Whereas objectively, in 
real life, your actual function in the real world might not have changed. So maybe you're like, mm. you do spend the same amount of time having a low mood and you, your ability to enjoy stuff is lower and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or but even you, or even maybe you genuinely have got a bit better because someone has been nice to you and you're right, thinking, you, right. know, like, you know, yeah, yeah. that's possible yeah, exactly. too. But yeah, so sorry, it, it's, it's very, no, no, it's very, it's, it's, these are, this is really mm. important. So, um, so you've got to get the control group right, or at least depending on what your control group is, you, you might have to interpret the results of the experiment differently. So to quote one study that I found, um, and this is generally about randomized controlled trials, not just about you know psychotherapy, but what a randomized controlled trial reveals about the effectiveness of the experimental treatment inherently depends as much on the control condition as on the experimental treatment which I thought was an interesting uh, point. Yep. And psychotherapy researchers have known this for a very long time. Like mm. um, Hans Eysenck, who is this notorious now psychologist, because yep. like there was a massive controversy about him just within the last... Ma- massive controversy, you know. like as in he... Am, am I going to get sued if I say he committed a huge amount of fraud? Or... I don't think you <clears throat> would get sued because he's dead, but... Okay. Um, oh, yes, that's, uh, that's, that's fine. He committed loads of fraud. <laughs> Loads. <laughs> well, t- the, the the collaborator with whom he may have committed the fraud is still alive, as far as I'm aware. So Damn just it. be careful. But, uh, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, um, that is the suspicion, certainly. But um, this is way before any of that uh, occurred in the 1950s. So he had a very long career in the mm. 1950s. He famously pointed out um, in a paper that psychotherapy research, like in, in the studies that he had seen, like about two thirds of the patients improved in their symptoms and it's mm. like oh great you know it sounds absolutely good and then there's the punchline which is like two-thirds of the patients in the control group or who didn't get any treatment yeah, yeah, also yeah. improved uh, as well and then there was a whole discussion following that in the 1950s and 1960s about like what the control group in a psychotherapy experiment should be and how you balance expectations and how you balance the amount of contact you have with other people you know with the therapist or doctors or whatever um across the treatment and and the control groups to some extent right this is i guess it's sort of uh almost tautologically true isn't it like it's it's sort of like saying the height of a mountain depends on how flat on how low the ground is right you know you can't there if 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 you're saying this, the, the, you have the, the how well the treatment works has to be compared to an absent the the opposite of what you know what the lack of the treatment. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's just sort of saying you know you're you're not really comparing it to anything. You're just saying some number of people get better after a certain amount of time. Right. We don't know. Yeah. So yeah. But, but the yes. problem is when you're when you're meta analyzing <clears throat> stuff, you, you have a mix of different control conditions, and so it can be really difficult when you're looking across all the different studies to compare between things and interpret what it means when one set of studies that have one type of control group say one thing and studies that have other types of control groups say other things. So for instance, the most common control group, I think, or, or very commonly, certainly the control group is uh, TAU treatment as usual, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes you say care as usual. Um, but what does that actually mean? And uh, I, I think there's been quite a few like discussions of, of, of the fact that that doesn't actually, you know, that, that, that could be many, many, many different things. Um, it could be some level of psychological support, you know, a meeting every so often with a, mm. a counselor or a therapist or something. It could be absolutely nothing at all because maybe your treatment as usual is not getting any treatment. Yeah. Um, and the upside of that is that it's kind of pragmatic. You know, when you're, con- when you're comparing your particular form of psychotherapy that you want to test to treatment as usual, that's 
you know that that's kind of like a real world thing you're not creating an artificial scenario you're saying like what does would this therapy do if we just implemented it in the real world compared to just whatever naturally so sort of happens. the average patient across yeah. whatever group you're comparing it to okay so that yeah. make i can see i can see problems with it but it also does have a certain sort of yeah yeah pragmatic yeah. like hit this like we, people go out into the world and with their mental health problems and they deal with and they're given some sort of treatment on average they do this well and yeah. this does better I, than that or worse than that or whatever yeah. you might expect that on average <clears throat> it kind of washes out like uh mm. it's, some people will get some treatment some people will not get any but kind of on average treatment as usual is sort of a mix of all those things mm. and then when you compare your therapy to that then it should be a lot better uh mm. than, than that um and the other thing is that if you're worried about sort of ethical concerns about like not giving people treatment, then this actually, you know, in, 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 in many cases, at least with treatment as usual, they are actually getting some treatment. You're not assigning them to a no treatment at all group. Hmm. Um, so, um, but, but so, so that's another, another positive about it. Um, but the fact that we don't actually know what it is does make it trickier to interpret uh, some of the studies. And it also makes it harder to replicate studies too. Cause if you think about it, you're doing a study of like your Freudian therapy or your CBT, mm. comparing it to, uh, um, you know, treatment as usual, and then another study comes along, and you can have the ther- the, the Freudian therapy or the the cognitive behavioral therapy exactly the same, but the treatment as usual not, not going to be exactly the same, and you'd yeah. imagine it would vary quite a lot between different studies. Yeah, especially in different countries or in yeah. different, you know, like we're doing one in the rich world and one in the developing world or something like that. It, yeah, it could be yeah, no, hugely different. One where one in a country where like generally mental health is thought of differently than other countries like you can totally see how that would how yeah that would have like a, uk so. in 2000 2024 versus you know is totally different to i don't know like to japan or right yeah. sub-saharan africa or, or anywhere tw- anywhere in the world 20 years ago you know right exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so yeah and, and that by the way that's a very good point because older studies then you have to mm. wonder whether older studies mean the same thing now than they did when they were first published so that's another that's another another whole uh, discussion yeah. um so so treatment as usual is one thing but then the other common one that you see quite a lot is a waiting list control group so that's when you're told that you will eventually get the treatment like in x number of months or something but you mm. you're not getting it right now so you're just on the waiting list um and then the other kind of control group that you see quite regularly is what I mentioned previously, which is no treatment. Like you just get sent home. There's nothing. You're randomized to the no treatment group. Yeah. Um, and there's a funny kind of paradox with that because um, at least according to one analysis that I saw, the no treatment groups often have bigger improvements in their depression symptoms than the waiting list controls. Um, okay. like, maybe it's not a paradox, but it's just an interesting point. It kind of makes sense. Um, one suggestion is that if you've been told that you're not going to get any help, so like instead of you're on the waiting list, you'll get it in a few months. If you've been told you've been randomized to the group that's not getting any help, sorry, go home, that's it. <laughs> then maybe you'll go and actually get some other help. Like you'll do, you'll do some sort of quote-unquote treatment-seeking behavior anyway, like you'll go and speak to somebody else about it. Yeah, because and, presumably you're in the trial because you wanted treatment. Right. Because right. Like, yeah. like, oh, yeah. right. Well, that's fine then. I'll just, I'm happy to provide information for your trial and carry on being suicidally depressed all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, waiting list control group people might be a bit more passive. They might be a bit more like, okay, I'm going to get the treatment. So I'll just wait. So you might not expect their, their, uh, symptoms to improve. Whereas weirdly, I guess it is paradoxically like in the no, in the no treatment control group, people mm. might, might improve a little bit more. Um, Oxymoronic? No. Unexpe- I don't know. It's, it's not quite a paradox. It's not like a logical paradox, is it? No, but it, no, you're but right. It's, it's sort you know of counterintuitive. I mean? like, yeah, counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, not exactly. what you would necessarily expect. Um, mm. You'd think no treatment, 
less improvement. Um, mm, but that's, exactly. that's not necessarily true. Um, because this is really hard. Like it's really hard mm. to do studies with complicated human beings who you yeah. are not in control of. Like it's not like, you know, cells in a dish or rats in a maze even, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's people who have all sorts of different complex behaviors and motivations and you have to, you know, try and do a study where uh, it's really difficult to control their behaviors. And um, yeah. And it's not, it's not, well, also that's the other thing like with lab rats might be relatively complicated creatures, but you, are literally allowed to control their whole uh, their whole lives and things, whereas you can't right. stop other stuff. You, you know, you can stop them going off and getting CBT or something elsewhere, <laughs> can't you? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, no talking CBT. therapy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Little Freudian yeah. rats. Anyway, yeah, yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and so you know, people might selectively drop out of the study and go and do something else when they realise they're not getting the therapy, and so that's why treatment as usual is sometimes preferred because at least they are getting something, and so um, mm. uh, you're not gonna. Um, you know, it's not like with the waiting list and the no treatment, you're not going to have the same degree of contact with medical people. And it's sort of, and so those are, those would be called a passive control group. Mm. Um, and so th- you might expect that those would make the treatment look better than it actually is because um, you're, you're sort of, um, if you believe that just talking to someone generally um, uh, and that might help to some extent just by itself, then you're not controlling Which, for that if you've got a waiting list or a no yeah. treatment control group. And it seems very, I mean, just literally telling someone about your problems seems to be likely to have some impact yeah. on things. You know, like like just actually quite a powerful thing, whether or not it maybe not necessarily always a good thing, but like it, you know, this it's folk wisdom that a problem shared is a problem halved, and that yep. sort of stuff, isn't it? You yep. know, like that. that I, and my own personal experience is that when I've been really worried about something, and like at work, I've screwed up at work, you know, and then you tell someone about it, and when you hear the words come out of your mouth, it's like actually this when i say this out loud it's much less dreadful than i i'm being silly about it yeah exactly yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, i think i think that's um yeah folk wisdom for a reason uh, yeah Mm because it is is to some extent true anyway that is just one of the sort of major concerns when you run a trial of like a psychotherapy i mean really any randomized control trial of anything you need to have the Mm. control group right and um that's you know why there's so much discussion about placebo controls and all that but i just think like placebo controls are just not not a thing in this in this sphere you have to control you have to compare to something now of course another whole thing which we'll come to is sometimes they're not comparing to treatment as usual sometimes they're deliberately explicitly comparing different types of therapy so Mm. that's one type of study you can do where you compare um psychotherapy uh like uh, freudian psychodynamic psychotherapy to um cognitive behavioral therapy for instance and we'll come to we'll come to that later on um so that's not comparing to a control group necessarily um but then of course you have to ask the question like are either of them better than control group so you you do have to ask that control group question first yes um, uh, before you can before you can ask anything else yeah so again it's a directly analogous to like if you're using I don't know, like escitalopram, escital, es- we had uh, versus uh, the psychedelics back in the day. Like it's great if you're yes. comparing them to, with each other, but you also have to establish that either of them, for the, either, you know, if what one is better than the other, great. But are they are either of them better than just not giving them drugs in the first yeah, place? Just waiting know? and seeing if the symptoms improve by themselves. Like yeah. maybe they would, maybe <laughs> yeah, they would yeah. otherwise. Back to the ISENC question of like the people in the control group or the people in the no treatment group just get better anyway, and you know, yeah. quite a lot of the time. Exactly. Um, so, okay, so let's ask those two questions. Let's ask, do either of these therapies, the Freudian psychodynamic one um, or the CBT work better than control conditions? Like bearing in mind all the, everything that we just said about control conditions. Yep. And then second, which type of therapy is actually better? Those are the right. two questions we have to ask. 
Yes, and we have both, well, I don't know, I, I've sort of assumed uh, and I look forward to having my all my uh, pre- precon- preconceptions ripped away from me. <laughs> uh, I've assumed that the one that's not made, but made, based on made up uh, Freudian nonsense about um, uh, obsessions <laughs> with genitals and yes. an- anuses and things and uh, that, that, that will be the the one that isn't based on that and is based on some attempt at making a real uh, theory that, that that one would be better you know that that's my guess that's my, that that's would also have been my guess and i'm maybe keep saying have been it, yeah. yes keep <laughs> saying have been it makes me wonder anyway do well, carry on let's see let's see i'm actually not I, I actually have a low degree of certainty in this so let's just let's just get into it and see, see all right it. okay so bit. let's let's talk about the freudian stuff first let's talk mm. about the anal obsession and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> the classic kind of you know, lie down on the chaise long or couch or whatever type mm. of therapy. Um, Freudian psychoanalytic tradition. Obviously, it's not directly Freudian now. It's had many decades to sort of evolve beyond Freud. Yeah. You know, d- d- like exactly what Freud said. There's been many big players in it since then. And interestingly, the guy who came up with cognitive behavioral therapy or one of the original sort of um, people that you know, was involved in the development of it, was a, was a psychoanalytic therapist to begin with in the first place, Aaron Beck, um, of the Beck Depression Inventory, which is a common oh. questionnaire that's used in these. Uh, I've heard things. of it, yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, like loads of psychology comes from this, you know, originally comes from this sort of tradition. Hmm. Um, it's about trying to find unconscious thoughts and desires and how they conflict with the way that you're currently leading your life um, and that sort of tension between your unconscious yeah. and your actual lived experience is supposed to be the, you know, what's causing mental health okay. problems. So, 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 right. This is, I think is a lot of why I am immediately or deeply skeptical of all things Freud related. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, quite apart from us making childish jokes about, um, you know, anal developments and all yes. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you and I have written an awful lot over the years about priming studies and all these things that all seem mm-hmm. to sort of, they're all based on how actually our conscious brain is just sort of wafted around on the breeze of unconscious cues and our unconscious yeah. mind is super powerful and all that sort of stuff. And all of that seems to have been, I mean, I'm not saying it's totally made up, not well, not saying it's all total nonsense, but I am saying that it's just seems to be less real than anyone thought it was in the 90s and 2000s when they were doing yeah. these studies and my just sort of my default position my bayesian prior you can drink etc etc is uh, is <laughs> he that, said bayesian um, he said bayesian yeah, <laughs> is that like theories that rely heavily on your conscious mind hiding your unconscious your true unconscious desires from you subconscious desires they won't stand up to scrutiny very well that's that's a lot of my that's a lot yeah, of my skepticism I, I have that same feeling. It's funny, actually, the whole social priming thing, which sort of took over psychology from the sort mm. of late 90s to maybe 2010, 11, uh, or certainly social psychology. Yeah. It's weird that that, I mean, like a huge amount of that was based on unconscious desires and stuff, but it was never, I don't think it was ever really like directly related to yeah. Freud. Um, but it obviously is, right? It obviously is. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, it didn't use his specific conceptions of like his yeah. theories of what you know but this, why this we have whole idea desires. this whole sort of a hidden or the, well a hidden idea this whole sort of whole idea that there is a a hidden world of our beliefs yeah exactly yeah the iceberg like on, on the top we just think we've got we're worried about um 
you know, I don't know, we're, we're trying to get through our day and we're uh, you know, looking forward to going out on for meals and things. But underneath, there's this roiling mass of like yeah. uh, sort of psychosexual nonsense about how we secretly <laughs> fancy. You know, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. I just I like that, and that's obviously so, I, the the idea that when we see a a um. And we, you know, we unscramble a word and the, the word is Florida or bingo and it make, makes us feel that we're old in some way and it's obviously a bit in that and that but that's never revealed to our to our conscious selves that's obviously grown out of that sort of yeah it seems to me it's obviously grown out of that tradition of like that our unconscious brain is running our running our conscious life without ever knowing we're yeah. just puppets on the strings of our subconscious you know I think it's probably that that would not have that tradition of research would not have come about if it wasn't for freudian stuff even if the people that were doing it were not thinking oh i'm testing a freudian theory here mm. about you know the unconscious and so on um but yeah, yeah. Uh, that that yeah. whole theoretical tradition i feel has not gone very well in terms of like we do like psychologists don't think about that mm. think about things in that way anymore there may have been this kind of weird sort of vestigial freudian moment in, in social psychology for a while but in general like cognitive psychologists don't think about things in that way anymore although i mean to, to some to some extent the stuff in, in cognitive behavioral therapy is about sort of revealing bringing to your consciousness bringing to your active awareness bad ways of thinking about stuff that you've that mm. you've done before which is not quite the same as having these unconscious desires but it's the same sort of thing of like you weren't aware of this but now you are i mean that's that's what the whole therapy is based like all basically all therapy is based on right now i'm talking yeah. about it i'm learning something new about myself that i didn't know before um I guess you could say that's something that they have in common. Um, But but the actual therapy itself is quite different from cognitive behavioral therapy, I think, because, um, I mean, it varies a lot. As I say, Mm. there's been, you know, there's been decades of development of this therapy. People have taken it in all sorts of different directions, this sort of psychodynamic, psychoanalytic uh, therapy. Um, uh, You can, uh, have have you seen The Sopranos? I, I can see from your notes, you've got a thing saying, and if not, why not? I haven't. I've never seen him. I was going to ask you. Like, you've never seen, seen the first I've seen like the first three episodes. Um, I know. I know. I'm a disappointment to everyone. It's um, like it's like it's like if you it's like not having seen a Shakespeare play or something. I know it kind but, of is actually, and I think it's kind of like if you it, it there's nothing you there's nothing that's above that on your priority list of things to watch in terms of like art created f- for television. Really, you know, I mean, in, not even in Gladiators the, in the twentieth and. 20th and uh 20th and, and 21st centuries like come on that's, come on that, now on my gladiator will go on my first whistle and that stuff that, that's come on that's, that's, uh, that's for anyone who doesn't know about that there's, a, there's now a game show in the uk where people like jump yeah. off objects in i think yeah. and, and sort of hate yeah, each other and things yeah. the point it. is anyway. it's surprising it's the greatest work of art uh created for television of all time and you should watch it and it's the most amazing thing uh yeah why was i talking about that i was talking about the sopranos because mm. Um, that's based on us, like a, a, a therapist and a, and a patient with a, um, a Freudian, there's a Freudian basis to the therapy there. And mm. uh, Dr. Melfi is, is talking to, to Tony Soprano and she often brings up things about, you know, his, his childhood and his, there's a massive, like, especially in the first uh, uh, three seasons. Mm. Um, before the actress that played his mother died there's loads of stuff about his mother in it like there's a huge amount of freudian stuff in there but the guy who wrote it or the kind of showrunner guy david chase is a is a clearly a big freudian believer um anyway but the point is that there's a big the big emphasis on the relationship between the therapist and the 
the patient and that right. can that sort of develops in a psychodynamic in in in, in, in many psychodynamic uh, traditions and you can you know spend a year with the therapist you know talking to them multiple times a week um and you really build up this sort of relationship with them um mm. talking about your parents talking about your childhood talking about these kind of these unconscious repressed desires that you need to sort of um cathartically reveal and yeah. understand and all this sort of stuff and you can even talk about dreams that's a, that's that's part of some of it like your dreams are supposedly meant to reveal stuff um uh you can use those rorschach ink blot yeah. tests um free yeah, association well, yeah where they and then they why, why I, i've used them and they just constantly show me pictures of two gay men having sex i've never known why <laughs> 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 like, come on, show me, show me a different picture for yeah. us. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's another. <laughs> yeah, there's the Freudian. There's the, the other joke about like, oh, you're the one that keeps showing me the dirty pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Classic, classic. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Though. That's what you see, though. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, and that's supposed to reveal what's going on in your unconscious, so that you can then, you know, face up to it and realize that it's conflicting with something in your life and you need to do something about it blah 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 yeah. um so yeah so so that's a that's the that's the sort of tradition yeah and there's this meta-analysis from last year 2023 um where they managed to find 27 randomized controlled trials of some kind of psychodynamic psychotherapy okay. um with 3,000 patients so i wouldn't say that was like a massive massive no um, but it's not trivial either but it's not it's trivial yeah. um and um, so here's how they, this is how they actually describe the therapy, right? So this is their description of what they think psychodynamic psychotherapy is. Okay, so psychodynamic therapy operates on a supportive interpretative continuum. The use of more interpretive or supportive interventions depends on the person's needs and mental capacities. While interpretive interventions enhance the person's insight about repetitive conflicts sustaining his or her problems, supportive interventions aim to strengthen psychosocial abilities that are not currently accessible to the person. Now, that seems quite yeah. vague. <laughs> Do you I don't really that? understand. I don't really understand any of that. <laughs> so, like, so you talk to people, but you change how you talk to them depending on what they how you, they need you to talk to them. Uh, and then yeah, it kind of adapts to your own individual yeah. capacities. I mean, it says okay, okay, all right, all right, okay, fine. But it's just like I suppose you're saying like it depends on the relationship between the pa- the patient and the research, the uh, and the therapist. So I, I mean, the way I sort of see this going, and I'll be very, I, I listeners, I genuinely have no idea what Stuart's conclusion is here, but I've seen a way in which this could not. This this stuff could actually work in that there's basically nothing to do with Freud's crazy theories, and it's just you get to talk to someone for an hour, and then they and they and they change how they talk to you depending spoiler, on spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, so I find that we I find that weird, and I also find it weird that they say they nonetheless go on to say in the meta analysis, hmm. um, there was sufficient similarity in the applied techniques to assume that the different studies tested the same essential treatment. Now of talking I, to someone. Well, yeah. yeah, If you boil it down, it is talking to to someone. But Mm. then, if you take that description that I just gave you, the long description, Mm. it seems like that could be all sorts of different things depending on the study. Um, Yeah, insofar as I understand it at all, which is not very. (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm struggling as well to be honest. Um, Mm. Obviously, like so, inconsistency between the techniques, the sort of heterogeneity of the techniques, is going to be a big problem in any meta analysis. If you try to put together, you know, twenty seven studies, then Mm. you want them all to have sort of a similar setup because otherwise you can't 
you know sensibly compare between them and they try and sort of test that like they look at how you know one way you can do this in meta-analysis is you look at the effect sizes and if you find that the effect sizes are like dramatically varied you know Mm. some some studies give tiny effects some studies give massive effects and it's unclear exactly why then Mm. um you, you, you can like you can you can make a note of that in your statistics you can take that into account Right. Um, and it does like it does ruin a lot of meta-analysis that heterogeneity it just means that you just shouldn't really be doing the meta-analysis um and they kind of try and deal with that and i think their argument is that that doesn't apply in most cases but i just feel like there's a conflict there between the description of what the therapy is doing and the fact that they say that it, it's similar in most cases that's very yeah. weird to me i suppose i'm trying to find a way of I'm trying to be as sympathetic as possible. I mean, you know, I suppose what you as the patient care about is if I go to someone who says they're doing Freudian psychodynamic therapy, am I likely to get better? And then if you find that most, that on average, most people who declare what they're doing is psychodynamic Freudian therapy, it does make things slightly better, then that's, that's still good, even if the details within that therapy somewhat vary uh, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. you know so it's, it's it's still use it could still be useful information for a would-be patient i guess yeah absolutely yeah that could easily that could easily be uh part of the part of the information so so let's talk about the results well just you know very briefly um there's there's a fair amount in the paper but the bit, the bit i want to focus on um mm. comparing to waiting list controls so we've, we've talked about that you know people that are going to get the therapy at some point in the future the effect size was large and it's actually over a standard deviation it's 1.14 standard deviations okay. so that is the depression score like whatever mm. self-reported questionnaire score that the person filled in declined by more than one standard deviation which we've talked about statistics and you know effect sizes and stuff on, on a previous episode but that's a big that's that's a huge effect right that's a massive massive yeah. effect if you yeah. were gonna if you were depressed and you were gonna do a, a you know you're gonna have a therapy you would want to do a type of therapy where it was more than one star deviation uh yeah. your your depression score went down by more than one standard deviation it means that roughly speaking someone who has had the treatment and the average person who's had the treatment would be less depressed than like say 80 percent 80 odd percent of the um oh you, yeah you've helped less in the notes you've helpfully done a calculator here and see that it says 87.3 percent of the treatment group yeah. will be um will be above the uh the mean of the control group so i mean yeah. that, that's a big deal that's a big deal yeah that that is a big deal <clears throat> but here's the here's the the um you know g- g- relating to our previous discussion about control groups here's the killer thing mm. it was only a medium-sized effect so it was only uh, 0.51 uh, standard deviations um, in when there was an active control group. So that is, um, uh, so that would be 69-ish percent of the treatment group would be above the mean of the control group. Um, okay. uh, and, and that was when there was like treatment as usual or something else going on that wasn't just the waiting list. So again, like this is this is what I was talking about before. It's it's very clear evidence that a waiting list control group is is rubbish. Yeah. Like it's going to exaggerate yeah. the effect of the treatment, and here's a clear example where it's more than double the effect size. Mm. Whereas um, treatment just... as usual actually does have an effect, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, <clears throat> so you're actually you're actually covering some of that. Like again, whatever treatment as usual is, and it's probably very different in each of the studies. Like you're you're covering some of whatever the kind of general effect of having some kind of treatment is and then mm. the specifics of the psychodynamic psychotherapy are covering some more of that uh are actually having they're they're having they're having less of an effect than it appears in when you're compared to weightless controls so 
Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite convinced that I don't really believe weightless controls. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. I, practically, I'm sure that's that's just the way that lots of trials are set up. But what I've learned really here is that weightless controls are bad. But, but, but overall like you're 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 pointing me towards a quite surprising a a conclusion that is somewhat surprising to me that freudian therapy actually works so like i don't know should i be surprised yeah that it does do something yeah this is this is um for the for the active control groups there's nine there's only nine studies there to be fair so Hmm. you know bear that in mind but there's a substantial effect it's strongly statistically significant um it's about a thousand people uh, yeah. overall in those in those trials so again it's not like teeny tiny but it's not massive either um mm. i find that quite surprising like this works yeah yeah although then i suppose then yes we will come um, this as as my as i sort of hinted at earlier on maybe that's just the effect of talking to someone the the, mm. the particular psychi- psych sort of psychological theory that underpins you going and talking to some guy in an office or woman in an office and, right. And, right. And, and them saying i care about your problems now pay me two hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, um, maybe you know that maybe maybe that does maybe maybe that you could maybe that matter. It doesn't really matter what the sort of theoretical underpinning is, particularly. Maybe the um, maybe there's just some that that's really powerful. I tell you what, and maybe this is, and when I wrote my first book about you know the rationalists and yes. the various no, they at, at the end of in California, I was trying to work out why I had this sort of. Um, Oh, what's the phrase? I, I had this sort of torn mind. I had this, this, my, my mind was my mind was in uh, um, split in two on this on this. So, like, I was asking them, asking this bunch of really clever people about why, about um, whether AI would kill everyone, basically. And I, I followed the arguments, and they all made sense to me. But I had this sort of, um, I just like on a sort of in uh, what's the word, sort of instinctive basis. I couldn't like, I just didn't like. This is obviously silly. This is obviously mm. you know. Come on, you're talking about robot robot apocalypse. It's come on, and, <laughs> and 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 I I went and had this um, long chat with this with uh, one of the, this rationalist uh, rationalist called um, Anna Salomon, who they've got this sort of technique they do called double crux, which is like trying to work out why where your internal disagreement comes from, and it's obviously not freudian right it's not a freudian based thing it's just like right. it's like having a conversation with yourself literally like let your two sides of your argument have this sort of fruit and it was and it was just it was just a, it was really interesting to do and it did kind of make me sort of or it, i don't know it i came to some conclusion that was good enough to put in the book at least um right. but it was really it was a really powerful experience i found myself crying in an office which i i do not do right? like you. you know yeah. no, exactly i have yeah. i have no emotions anyway yeah. so like so that that's so i suppose that is you know that points that supports me for my my own belief that actually a lot of this is just about talking to someone and having them right. take pay very serious attention to your problems and you being able to offer you know you being able to say rather than you know, or using some kind of new technique that you hadn't previously thought of to yeah. to, to sort yeah. of think about the way that you've been thinking and um, yeah yeah but also um, having it separated it takes, from social sorry sorry after you well no i was going to say it takes a clever person like freud jung yeah other psychoanalytic therapists to come mm. up with those kind of techniques and and you know those are those are cool things to try and we've all you know encountered new ways of looking at a problem or new ways of thinking about something that that kind of give us a kind of aha moment or an insight and stuff like that so you know it, it could be that regardless of all the nonsense bullshit theory stuff yeah. maybe freud was really good at coming up with just ways of talking about stuff and and uh and ways of attacking sort yeah. of mental health style questions yeah 
Yeah, and also I was just the thing I was going to add is that the uh, it's it's important that the like if you're just talking to someone in your life about it, then there's all social aspects, and you don't want to say I'm I feel like crap because that makes them feel bad because they care, and so being talking to a total stranger might be anyway, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah, all absolutely. sorts of ways. And, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I think I think uh, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot in that. Um, I think we're we're kind of already drawing the broad conclusions here, but let's let's just talk, mm. let's talk about CBT as well. So we've we've had yeah. our meta analysis, and by the way, I should say they also graded the evidence using the actually it was called grade the the the, the yeah. criterion for um quality of evidence in that in that psychodynamic thing and generally the evidence mm. was was quite high although i think they they high quality although they did note that quite a lot of the trials were quite old so yeah. there might be some issues there so just you know i, I don't find that the most convincing meta-analysis ever there's not that many studies some of them are quite old relatively so it's small quite convinced so it's quite sort of strong numbers and the and like it's not tiny i, I don't know yeah. I, I i my my belief in the effectiveness of psychodynamic therapy has gone up somewhat yeah same like, same <clears throat> yeah absolutely yeah. The studies show is brought to you by Works in Progress, uh, which is a magazine, an online magazine about science, technology, and progress. And uh, this week, we're just going to have a look at one of their articles called Upzoning New Zealand, which is, I mean, it's about the on the surface, not that promising topic of uh, housing development yes. laws in New Zealand. Zoning now, laws, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Bear but, with but us. In the, last, in the last couple of years, because of Works in Progress magazine and, and the mm. writings in there, I've learned how important that stuff is. Like the yeah. housing supply, the way that we build buildings and housing specifically, um, how important that is for, for everything, like yeah. for... Uh, improving the quality of people's lives in all sorts of areas for getting the economy moving for reducing climate uh change all sorts yeah. of stuff like that helping people Help- have the the families that they want and stuff right you know, like, right yeah, it comes huge. down yeah. to are there enough houses or are houses massively expensive and of course in the uk we have a they huge are. problem with that right now yeah and anyway and in new zealand in after the war there was a great housing boom and everything was great and then in the 70s like in loads of other places in the uk they introduced uh rules to give um uh, local authorities, local government, um, sort of power to control development, but then that meant they had no incentive to encourage it because obviously, basically, there was a sort of nimbyism charter. And mm. in the last few years, they've realised that this has been a complete catastrophe. Tried to exp- try to make it easy to build houses, and and you know, that started happening and now waiting a backlash and we're just sort of waiting to see what what will happen but anyway this piece discusses what they've done to improve it and how it will improve things it, how how if it works and isn't shot down by local nimbyism how that could yeah. be important for other countries as well and yeah. you know as someone who's just bought a house at an absolutely insane price congratulations uh, thank you very much geez yeah i'm um i'm uh extremely hopeful that we can actually no i'm not you know screw them i've got the house now the house prices need to go up <laughs> don't stop well, stop building. we should reduce house prices yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 anyway but it's it's um it's it's one of those things that just seems so dry and is actually so vital and it just yep. it yep. underpins everything anyway so it's, it's really interesting and important and um the detailed piece that uh, we, yeah. we commend to the listener as we do yeah. the rest of works in progress which you can and find where, works so in it? progress yeah, we can find it at worksinprogress.co. They also have a Substack at worksinprogress.news. Um, and uh, um, we're very grateful that they have supported uh, the study show. Thank we you are very indeed. Much. And, Thank uh, you very much. Yeah, back, back to, to the show. show.
Um, okay, let's talk about CBT. So the cliched yeah. thing that you say, as I mentioned before, the cliched thing that everyone says about CBT is that it's the gold standard of psychotherapy. Mm. And that's because there's more trials of CBT than there are of any other kind of therapy. Um, okay. uh, um, there's a theoretical basis for it um, okay. in cognitive psychology, which is yep. the, the standard paradigm that psychologists use to think about you know, doing experiments and understanding how the mind works. Um Scientific psychology is not Freudian anymore. It hasn't been for a very long time. And so mm. the techniques that are used in cognitive behavioral therapy are much closer to the way that scientists now think about the, the mind and the brain. Yeah. Um, so if you do CBT, then you might do something like cognitive restructuring, which is like mm. when you try and learn to identify irrational thought patterns that you have, like when you're catastrophizing, you know, like, yeah. like taking things way beyond what there's actually rational evidence f- for and worrying about them way more than they than they deserve um emotional reasoning you know sort of other sort of um failures of logical rational thought yeah um and try and shut them down before they cause you before they cause you to like ruminate on uh certain things in your life and spiral into low low moods negative moods um, yeah. uh, and so on so yeah i mean the idea is i've heard some people sort of uh, like sort of um examples of people saying like uh if if someone else did that to you you know how would you feel and then go well, obviously i wouldn't care it's a tiny little thing and then they say well how come it sent you into this mad spiral of you know, right. and, and they, you know um there were some amazing stories in the early days of just people like oh yes now you said that to me doctor now my depression is cured and i walk out the office and i'm completely you know <laughs> i'm completely fine right. it's funny because you know just a minute ago we we're talking about how like oh people come up with new ways of thinking about stuff and new mm. ways of you know looking at questions and a new prism to look at things through like mm. that this is what that is really it's the same kind of thing like sure it doesn't yeah. have a basis in like you know oedipus Empirical. and electra oh, yeah. complex yeah. and all that but like it's 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 the same kind of thing it's coming up with techniques that you can use with another person to think about the way that you think about stuff yeah. um so uh, also, by the way, uh, sometimes there's like something approaching exposure therapy in it mm-hmm. as well. So like facing up to stuff that you're scared of doing, whether it's like a social, not, not like going into a room with a tarantula or something, although that's, you know, obviously that's something that people can do as well. Can but like, work up you know, to, yeah, yeah we're going to things like, um, like going to social events that you've been worrying about, sort of facing mm-hmm. up to stuff. Um and normally you're meant to you're meant to be quite rigorous about like setting goals for yourself and trying to use the techniques that they teach you in practical situations in your life and uh, and, and stuff like that. So there's less of a focus on talking to your therapist and the therapist trying to get an insight into your mind and stuff like that. Although that's part of it, obviously, but there's mm. less of a relationship with the therapist, I think, and much more of a sort of here are some more quote unquote objective techniques that you can use to try and improve your okay. cognition and in, in your everyday life i think that's what yeah yeah but about. you can also see why that's that first both um that feels more sciencey and yep. also feels easier to test because there's a sort of yes there's an actual um technique there you know what i mean there's yep. there's a, like rather than you go in and we do we make say some hand wavy things about uh Oh, oh god what was it all about you know support supportive interpretive continuum and yeah, 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 uh, you exactly. know, it's, <laughs> yes, it's exactly, a, the holistic exactly. patient or whatever you yeah, know like yeah. no so what we're, does we're that gonna, mean yeah, yeah yeah exactly so um, i can see how it'd be easier to test in that it seems sense. yeah it seems more easy to study and more easy to sort of replicate studies uh across different 
you know, uh, different therapists and, and stuff like that. You know, you can yeah. get people to use this specific technique. Although, again, there's a large amount of heterogeneity because um, people are going to have slightly different problems in their everyday life. Like no, no one person's depression is exactly the same as someone else's. You know, they're going to have some social situation and some people have a family and some people don't. And some people have depression and anxiety about work. And some people have it about social situations and some people have it about, you know, uh, uh, family stuff. Like there's just endless amounts of different, you know, individuals. That's true. Although it also, that, 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 problem would be true of all treatments yes, for I think you're, depression. I think right. you know, I think right. Like, you know, yeah. like if antidepressants will work or not work, but they'll work or not work on these same, like, yes. it, it's some, yeah. And I, I guess you could say about all sort of medicines to some extent is one, you know. Well, but, I mean, uh, a, a major goal of medicine and, it's, you know, psych, psych, psychiatric and psychological therapies, uh, no less than any other, is precision medicine, right? It's trying to mm. identify types of people or, or you know, um, that, that specific... types of cancer, something yeah. like that. You know, like particular mutations in a, in a, in a, in a tumour, that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. But, and, and, and in psychological stuff, you can say, well, you know, if you're displaying these kind of symptoms, then it's this therapy that would work best for you. Or it's mm. this antidepressant rather than this one that would work for you. Um, yeah. And I don't think we're at that point yet. Like, I think we're still quite far away from that. People are trying to do it with um, all sorts of different, uh, like, you know, the neuroscientists and geneticists looking into this and seeing, like, therapy genetics, like, which which uh, type of therapy would work depending on your genetics. Mm-hmm. I don't think much progress has been made there at all. Um, but, the, but yeah, that's very much the thing. It's, it's trying to move away from a sort of one-size-fits-all thing to a, a precision medicine type situation. That's the holy grail, but I think we're really quite far away from from that anyway um there's a there's a 2023 meta-analysis for cbt as well so that's the uh the the most recent one and in fact it's the largest ever apparently according to the authors anyway it's the Mm. largest ever meta-analysis of any one psychotherapy for a mental disorder so it's got 409 randomized controlled trials now bear in mind there were only 27 in the psychodynamic trial so just the the sheer amount of evidence yeah uh the sheer amount of evidence is dramatically different uh, fifty-two thousand patients uh, mm. overall. So, um, again, like yeah. like 10, dramatically bigger. Many, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that first question, like comparing it to a control condition, um, yeah. and it seems like basically, however you slice it, it, it um, it look it looks like it it looks like it CBT has a pretty large effect, r- regardless of what control condition you use. Oh, yeah. On average, um, it has a. 0.79 standard deviation um effect um so that's bigger than the sort of active control one in the um uh for the psychodynamic one that means that about 79 percent of the treatment group will be above the mean of the control group okay okay um, but there's one obvious thing that jumps out from the from the the, the big yes. table in the paper, yes. which is have you, have which you was, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm pleased with myself actually because I, I I spotted this as I was reading down and then only saw that in your notes you've already said here's the obvious problem. Yeah. So, yes, I spotted <laughs> yeah. the obvious problem. Well done, me. So, so there's, the, there's yeah. hundreds of studies, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are really biased, and yeah. uh, the ones that have them. Well, so, okay, so or rather the the researchers. Um, assessed them for which ones are at risk of bias yeah uh which are sort of low quality basically and it found that of the 270 there were only 90 that were at low risk so two yeah. out of every three are at high risk of just being bad and the numbers, when the numbers that, are jumping around a bit here i mentioned 409 overall randomized controlled trials i guess that includes ones that compare it not to a control condition but to other therapies which we'll come to in a minute yeah 
yeah, but there's yeah, 271 where it's comparing to a control group. And then, as yes. you say, only 90 of those were judged as having low risk of bias. Yeah, and further than that, when you do do that, the um, the uh, stand, the, st- the uh, effect size drops from sort of 0.79 standard deviations, so big and impressive, to 0.6, which is not tiny, but is noticeably less. Yes. And then when you correct for publication bias, which is when you look, you do a clever thing, which we discussed once, and I explained it really clearly, and I can't remember how I did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of you look at the um, you look at the. Uh, how the studies spread around across the mean uh, compared to the sort of average and you look and if, if the worst studies tend to have a higher average than the good studies then you think oh maybe there's some some good studies some bad studies missing here or something like that yes the, the people um, have found people have found or not necessarily bad studies, but null studies like studies, yeah, that, studies, studies yeah. that haven't found an effect and maybe that was disappointing to the scientists and so they haven't yes, bothered exactly. to publish it anyway so when they do a sort of there's 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 various corrections you can do for that and if you do that suddenly the uh the standard deviation uh, the um, effect size drops to 0.47 which is again it's just sort of whittling things away and something we've always said on here is when you keep whittling away when like when you control for things and you adjust for things and you correct for things and the effect size keeps getting smaller and smaller it's just a bit sort of yeah yeah yeah. it's not you know it's not near zero or anything uh so i believe that this uh, it probably it probably hasn't has an effect but um yeah then you can look at so um you can also look at the response rate which you know is defined uh in in depression in, in different studies in different ways but like how how many people start to respond to the the whatever condition that you're 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 giving them that is their treatment their um symptoms reduce by some certain amount yeah so the percentage of people in whom it has some effect you know some measurable effect or some yeah, effect above yeah. a certain size yeah and, so, yeah and in in the cbt groups on average the response rate is 42 percent. it's maybe a bit lower than that once you correct for the publication bias um mm. now interestingly in the treatment as usual groups it's 21 percent um okay. so like you get some effect there you get you know about a fifth of people will have some We'll just get better naturally because depression yeah. is sometimes self-limiting, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but, but again, then treatment as usual might also include some. That's true. That, that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? It might include actually talking to people, or who knows? It's just not CBT. Mm. Um, for the waiting list control, seventeen uh, percent of people have a have a uh, mm. response. So um, and that makes that sense as per our previous yeah. discussion. Like you know, if you compare to a wait list, then you'll get exaggerated effects because the waiting list. It's, it's, it's rubbish yeah they're not they're not getting you're not getting much uh, uh going on there um okay so then we get, move on to um cognitive behavioral therapy versus other types of therapy and um there's a big long table uh and um there's lots of different you know uh types of therapy that are being uh, compared including psychodynamic therapy but there's also things like which actually i don't even know how to define a lot of these things uh supportive therapy interpersonal therapy behavioral activation third wave therapies third wave therapy what? problem okay. solving therapy there's only two studies that look at third wave therapies yeah uh, yeah i, don't, I have to say. Okay. don't know should have had a third know. really just to, anyway don't, yeah. right, <laughs> exactly. don't, don't know what that is um but uh uh the, the number one thing that you take away from this table is that when you compare the effect size that is like what effect you're getting out of cognitive behavioral therapy to the effect size of any of these other therapies you get a tiny effect uh of a tiny difference and none of them are statistically significant 
Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just trying to read that. It was basically, I was looking at a whole list of numbers that are next to zero. So 0. Yeah. 0.04, 0. 0.02. I was like, what is, what is Stuart trying to tell me here? Is that yeah. right? They're all exactly the same. They're all, they're all yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the confidence intervals all pass through zero. Um, uh, like one of yeah. them is like touching zero for the overall thing. And, and they say like, when they do sensitivity analysis, so you like drop out low, low quality studies and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't uh, remain statistically significant yeah. so that is and to quote this the meta-analysis the superiority of cbt over other psychotherapies does not emerge clearly from this meta-analysis so there's like teeny tiny effect sizes they're not statistically significant and so on the basis of this you can't actually make a strong argument that cbt is better than other forms of therapy um mm. if you just t- look at the, the top line findings yeah. of, of, of this that's true, but there's a caveat which is worth mentioning, which is that as the, as you mentioned earlier on, this is an enormous meta-analysis, yeah. looking at thousands of people and you know hundreds of studies, and it actually has really consistently found, even in the higher quality studies, a a, a um an effect for CBT, yeah, and nothing else is that well studied. Like, Indeed. So it's, it compares to psychodynamic therapy, and there's seven studies. And we looked at that other meta-analysis from last year onto psychodynamic therapies, and it's got what? Uh, is it 27? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so all like, of, not all of them are going to be brilliant <clears throat> quality, you know. So exactly. So we. So I suppose like it. It might be that on the as the headline results show that this, it, it, we can't find a difference, but we can say. I think we can be much more confident that that result is real about CBT, whereas I could understand people going, I don't. I don't really know yeah. whether, whether that's true of the other ones. Yeah, it's like a more research needed type messy sort of situation. Actually, interestingly, the biggest effect size um, mm. is the comparison between CBT and psychodynamic psychotherapy. The effect size is, is 0.21. It's not statistically significant, but it is the largest effect size. And the confidence intervals are really wide. Like it's being estimated with lots of uncertainty um, because it's a small Just number of trials. Yeah, there's so little evidence. So, um, so, so real so, ask before anyway. Yeah, so I wouldn't be like... If you you know, I wouldn't like bet my 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 life savings on cognitive behavioral therapy being just as good as psychodynamic psychotherapy on the basis of this. But I mm. but I also wouldn't say the opposite. Like I wouldn't say like I I'm super confident that like this has shaken my uh, belief that CBT is so obviously better than uh, other types of, of of therapy. I tell you what, uh, in a way though, it's made me more. Like you know, if someone said, "Should I get CBT?" I was like, "Yes, <laughs> like, it works, right?" right? You yeah. know, like it actually. I mean, the the sort of second tier argument of whether it's better than third wave therapy or whatever, you know, behavioral activation therapy. I don't even know what that is. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I would, if someone said, "Should I get therapy?" I am depressed. Should I get therapy? I would say, "Well, yeah." Like, it sounds like yeah. it has a about a 40% chance of working Seems like for it works. You, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I that yeah, that that's a good point. And I think you could make the argument that the gold standard like the phrase gold standard also implies and people have made this argument explicitly that it also implies mm. that it's been studied more as well. So it's not just that, you know, the average of the effect sizes mm. is xyz effect. It's that there's so much more information that's gone into that than there is for psychodynamic or other kinds of therapy. It's a bit of so, um, uh, look for, looking for your keys under the lamppost because that's where the light is job, isn't it? Right. It's like we, yeah. we, 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 know, we know that this works somewhat. It might not be the best thing, but it's the best thing we know yeah. is, we, it's the one we know best is a thing. Yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. So, and that's you know, that's quite common, by the way, in meta-analysis uh, that you have loads of studies overall, but then when you try and dig in and look for specific differences between like subsets of the studies, 
that there's actually not that many like there's only seven mm. studies to compare or, or something like that you know um to make really reliable comparisons it's really it's really difficult and just just uh, a final thing just because we mentioned it uh, earlier on just to say they also compared uh, they also looked at studies that compared cbt to uh drugs um, antidepressants Mm-hmm. And here's the quote, uh, the effects of CBT are comparable to those of pharmacotherapies, so that is antidepressant drugs, antidepressant, yeah. um, at the short term, but CBT is significantly more effective at 6 to 12 months. Uh, combined treatment is significantly more effective than pharmacotherapy alone at the short and the longer term, but combined treatment is not more effective than CBT alone at either time point. Who, so, says, at, who, says, who says at the short term? That's not... That's weird. At in the, the short term. After the short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Weird, just, weird writing. Who would ever there. say that? Okay, yeah, but, but that's, that's not really the point I have. No, uh, no, but the, the point is, um, it's it's useful to know, although I think, I remember, you know, uh, the sort of, cons- the, my, I remember reading decades ago about the consensus is that it's best to get CBT and antidepressants. Um, and that's mm. not quite necessarily the case from, from this evidence. But I have to say, like, you have to bear in mind that you're only seeing a subset of the evidence here because you're only looking at studies that have explicitly compared CBT to uh, antidepressants or some combination of them. Um, and you're, there's a huge mountain of like drug trials and stuff, antidepressant trials that are not included here. So um, yeah. I would be a wee bit careful uh, with, with that. Interesting though. It surprises me. I, I just completely assumed that they'll be the other way around that drugs are obviously more significant more effective yeah um, i think we have a bit of trouble with uh very effective antidepressants like the, the, mm. the effect sizes are not that massive but once again like it's uh, but the, the thing that has been surprising to me has been less that cbt is not does not hugely outperform the other ones but that therapy works is it, that yeah. that's been my main takeaway here and it's not I just agree. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. That the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the studies actually do show something, and, yeah. do <laughs> and, and that brings us to the conclusion. I think the overall conclusion, which is mm. the good news, is the two major kinds of th- psychotherapy. There's much better evidence for CBT that it works, but mm-hmm. there's also pretty decent evidence that psychodynamic therapy works. And we've talked about, you know, regardless of the fact that Freud's theories are silly and and and, and made up, and he's been accused of all sorts of you know bad behaviors when it comes to scientific evidence and writing and interpersonal stuff and all sorts of things like that um but regardless of all that it seems like sorry sorry though but just the idea like wow the guy who who thinks we all fancy our mothers (laughs) and obsessed with them you're telling me he was a wrong one no this is just (laughs) a bit of a bad guy (laughs) imagine Mm, my shock yeah there's a there's a biography uh of freud that i read a while ago by frederick cruz and it's called Mm. I think it's just called Freud, and there's some subtitle, mm. but on the spine of the book, I'm, I can sort of see it now. It's a bit dark, but I can sort of see it in my bookshelf now. On the spine of the book, it says Freud, but it's got an A over the, the E in his name, so it says fraud. And, uh, oh, clever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it's a big, long biography, and it, this guy is like, I think it might be a bit like biased. Like <laughs> The guy hates <laughs> Freud more than, like, more than any biography I've ever read. This guy hates the subject of the biography. But if you're, if you're interested in a, in a very, uh, in the case against Freud, then, yeah, then that's that a, an interesting funny. read, although it is, a, it is quite long, so it's a bit of a, uh, it takes a bit of time. Bit of a slog. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, regardless of all that, it seems like, as we've discussed, talking to someone who has, you know, who is smart and caring and empathetic and has thought about mental illness and has insights into how people think and how they can change and all that sort of stuff maybe regardless of whether they're a freudian or a cognitive therapist or whatever maybe that's just quite good regardless yeah. of what they specifically tell you or what you talk about or what they ask you to do maybe that's just good to share your problems with someone like that um, yeah. that seems plausible to me 
Okay, um, what's the bad news to it? What's the, the bad, bad news? You said <laughs> well, there's good, good news and I mean, bad news. The bad news is it's sort of the fact that we can't obviously see a difference between cognitive behavioral therapy and psychodynamic stuff f- makes me feel like we have a little bit less control over the world than I previously thought you know like it would be encouraging if the general like the general narrative about cbt was correct which is like our theoretically based you know psychologically structured cbt programs were just clearly obviously the best thing and that came out in all the studies it was a gold standard and that would make me feel like we were in control and that we would we could just do more science and we'd improve the therapy and we'd get better results and that would be that'd be good but i feel like the bad news here is that everything's a bit of a mess like it's a bit we don't really know why therapy is working and it's really hard to study it because of all the control group stuff that we talked about and like they all all kinds of therapy kind of work and i find that quite frustrating uh, i can i can you. see that and i you know i i, I can see that I, mean, it's a, I suppose the 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 nice thing would be that cbt obviously works in the exact way that the theories behind cbt suggest they would and therefore our theories behind cbt make testable predictions which are then confirmed and therefore we think oh we actually know a bit more about the brain than we did and and therefore like we yeah we can make just like our understanding of the world is more rather than relying on a sort of folk wisdom of a problem shared as a problem halved therapy you know like yeah. that, that's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just, totally, like, totally. yeah and i can i can see that that it's sort of i suppose like and this is where maybe i'm being more cynical than i ought to be but my sort of fundamental assumption is we know very little about the workings of the brain as they manifest as in behavior and it's all kind of made up and sort of folk wisdom and and not pseudoscience exactly but like a lot of psychology is kind of crap um yeah sorry no offense to your entire discipline i mean I, but, no um, i'm i'm uh, i can i can take that yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, so I'm sort of unsurprised if, like CBT, it sort of works by accident. You know that 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 doesn't totally shock me, and I I I am just very pleased to learn that it does work. You know yes. that 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 seems to me in a way I I, I will I will take that I will take that that partial win uh, over <laughs> yeah, over yeah, the I alternative think, that it's both complete shit and doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm yeah I'm uh, that's that is the that is the general conclusion of this that you know we're we're going to mm-hmm. compare these psychotherapies and it seems like it's not obvious that CBT is better. There's better evidence overall for CBT, mm. but it's not it doesn't jump out you know it doesn't jump jump out of the analysis that it's like obviously much much better, but they. Both both seem to work better than controls, yeah. although uh, the control situation is a bit murky as well because of all the issues that we talked about stuff uh, we earlier did. on. So, it, it mean, yeah, so it means that the NHS isn't spending billions and billions of pounds on something that doesn't work. It means yeah, that people, individuals and, and aren't spending, you know, hundreds of dollars every week on something that doesn't work. It's just that yeah. they, they might, people who think they're getting something out of this might actually be. And yeah, it's, I think, it, I think so. And yeah. I think uh, my advice for someone who has, you know, depression symptoms is, is that the, the, the evidence does seem to show that CBT yeah. uh, works and to some extent, psychodynamic stuff works too. So, you know, knock yourself yeah. out. Um, uh, that's it. That's it cool. for, for, for this that was, week, that Tom. Cool. And, uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah that was... It's, um, it's oh, nice glad. to be able to say something works for once. Yes, you know? yes, true. Um, and my final piece of advice is please just go and watch The Sopranos. I, I will, I will, I will. I'll just, I will. It's so much better than anything. We've had this conversation before. Just go and watch The Sopranos. All right, that's it. Goodbye. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.